Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who just five years into my legal career found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. So that I didn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided it was time to redefine success from the inside out. Fast forward a few years and it worked. I had a thriving legal career balanced with a fulfilling life. What I learned is that you can achieve the success you want without sacrificing yourself in the process. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Welcome to the Life and Law Podcast. This is Heather Mulder, your host, and today we have a special guest to talk all things online marketing. Today, I want to introduce you to Travis Hecklin, the co-founder and CEO of Rise Up Media. With over a decade of experience, Travis and his team have helped hundreds of law firms grow using customized strategies to boost client generation, improve the quality of clients, and generate higher revenue. Their mission is to take the guesswork out of marketing so clients can focus on practicing law. Welcome, Travis. Hello. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here, Heather. Well, I'm very excited to be that you are here as well. And probably the biggest reason is, and we talked about this a little bit before I started hitting record, is the attitude most attorneys bring to marketing in general. It's not always the greatest. <laughs> they always think of it as too hard, too difficult, something they should not have to do, right? Yep. And I want to make it easier for them. And I especially want to make online marketing not feel so overwhelming to them because I think online marketing is becoming more and more important for attorneys. And it's sure. something a lot of attorneys do not do very well or very often at all. So before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of online marketing and what I wanted to talk about, though, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do and how you got into what you do now. I tell people we do five things. We do five things well. We make custom websites, whatever you can dream up, we can we can build. My my team loves it when I say that because I, <laughs> as you can imagine, uh, once those websites are live, we do SEO work, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But essentially, what that means is getting your website to show up organically on the first page of Google for the types right. of cases that you want to see come in the door or matters that come in the door, and for the in the cities or states that you want to see them come from. Um, we we do social media. We help help firms with social media. Um, we we do uh, manage pay-per-click campaigns or Google AdWords, uh, which have been around for a long, long time. And then relatively new, a couple years old, uh, Google came out with a pay-per-call program. They're called local service ads. Uh, if you do a search, you'll see a couple faces show up at the top. They're your competitors. That's what they're doing there. They're paying. They're, they're, there's a new ad, ad um, Google ad called local service ads or LSAs or Google screened. Uh, that you only pay when the when the phone calls come in. Um, and so that's what we do. How I got into this, gosh, I've been doing exclusively marketing for lawyers for over 15 years. Um, started with a, you know, a big box store uh, company that where I learned learned the ropes. And I guess maybe like a lot of your listeners who are have their own firms, uh, you know, at some point you you're confident you can do it a little bit better than where you were working. And so you <laughs> hang your own shingle. And that happened about five years ago. And uh, here we are 
and I've worked with thousands of law firms over the last decade and a half. Now we now we've uh, about five years old, and we work with about 350 law firms all across the U.S. Typically, solo practitioners, up to about 10 attorneys, I would say. Okay. Uh, we, we we do work with some bigger firms, certainly. Those are the typically typically the folks that are in need of marketing. They don't have the internal big marketing departments and others to help them. They need Correct. to go externally. Absolutely right. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, so I, I left uh, probably kind of what we were talking about before we started filming is like, I come from a big Fortune 500 company, you come from big law, you know, and it's scary to make that jump, you know, you're mm-hmm. kind of in that, that, that comfy, big job, big, you know, uh, income, and, you know, you finally make the jump, I was um, kind of got just got got enough nudge from from corporate to to finally push me out of the nest and, and do it. And uh, my wife and I just had our second child and it probably wasn't the best timing, but <laughs> I, I kind of said, I, my wife finally said, hey, you've been talking about this for years. Why don't you just finally, you know, man up and do it? And I was like, oh, challenge me. All right. All right. Let's do it. And so it was, it was the best decision I ever made. I should have done it five years earlier. Most people say that, I think, that my friends. And uh, man, it's so much fun. It's uh, to roll up your sleeves. And and we, we really pride ourselves in kind of giving the, the firms the white glove treatment, certainly. And like you said, most attorneys don't know much about this kind of thing, and they're looking for a trusted partner. Is what mm-hmm. we like to think of ourselves as. It's kind of a, you know, um, outsourced uh, part of the team, you know, type of thing. And so right. that's that's where we that's where we love doing. So I would just a note to anybody listening out there who is in the shoes of I wish I could leave my firm and do my own thing. Do it. Yeah. I mean, yes, do it. And if that means hiring a coach or a consultant or somebody to help you with it, do that. I I would also say for those of you who have more recently done it and have that, oh, I wish I'd done it earlier. Look, you do it when you're ready internally. And so perhaps it wouldn't have worked out if you hadn't, you know, had done it too early. I always like to tell my clients when they come to me, because I do have a fair number, this doesn't happen as often as it used to, but I do have a fair number of clients who will come to me saying, I need your services, but then they kind of hem and haw and it's very clear they're not ready, right? They're not ready to do the work, to do the things that are necessary. They're not in a mental place for that at that moment. And there's internal work that goes along with that, right? And sometimes also it's having the support of your spouse or your, you know, and it sounds like you definitely had that. So that was a really good thing. (laughs) But, um, you know, don't stress or sweat it when you're ready. Do it then and don't look back because, you know, you can't change the past and there's no, no, nothing that will benefit you from doing that. Just move forward knowing you've done it now. So that's my two cents on that. Yeah. There's, you know, there, what do they say? You never, uh, People on their deathbed don't don't regret the things that they did. They regret the things that they don't didn't do type of thing. Yes. That's I heard that and that that kind of stuck with me. And then there's a real I, I encourage your listener. There's a um, Steve Harvey. Is that the one Family Feud? Uh, he, he's the host of Family Feud. Yeah. Anyway, Steve Harvey he he hosts Family Feud. I think I'm getting that right. Um, but he every I guess after every show he talks to his audience right, mm-hmm. and he's super successful and and he and there's this. It's, Steve Harvey and in 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 Google uh, Jump on YouTube, and you'll see this video. But he just talks about how God give you gifts, and you know you just got to make the jump. Because in my experience, and everyone I've talked to, all of your ducks are never going to be in a row. Yeah. I understand getting some of them. I I did that, so for me to say something different would be 
hypocritical, but they're never all going to be in a row. You just got to you just got to jump uh, to use Steve Harvey's. Well, there's always a time where you do it and it feels like a big jump anyway, regardless of how much planning, regardless of, you know, how many ducks are in a row. And the other thing I would add is nothing is permanent. Like you can try something. And I had a, a call with a client about this very recently where she's very concerned about well, what if it's the wrong choice? What, and I was like, okay, so it's not the wrong choice if you look at it from the right perspective. Yeah. Like see yourself as an explorer, curious to see what you're capable of, curious of growing and learning. And then if you see yourself in that respect, it's never the wrong choice because you get to learn and grow and take something from that. And then you can also pivot and do other things with what you've learned at that point. So it's never a final destination, no matter what it is. And if more people would have that mindset, we'd have a a lot more people trying new things and being super successful out there. Because in my experience, that's ultimately the, the, the number one mindset that people who we look up to who are super successful have. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And to your point, you know, finding a mentor or someone who can kind of make sure you're doing things right. Just even, you know, uh, having a coach. I, I grew up playing baseball collegiately and so forth. And you know, like they say, even Tiger Woods has a coach, right? Yeah. Like, that guy can't beat him in golf, but having a coach and someone to, you know, keep you keep you on the keep this thing on the tracks. Uh, keep you going. It's yeah. Humongous. No it question. It is humongous. Okay, so let's dive into online marketing. Yeah. Um, let's start with the very basics. What what is online marketing? Like what would you put under that heading? So I, I would put there's Google where a majority of people do searches, right? Mm-hmm. So showing up when someone grabs their phone and they get in a car accident or need to get a divorce or you know, uh, need a contract drafted or whatever maybe, they jump online and they start doing research, right? Mm-hmm. And so Google is where a majority, Yahoo, Bing are also options. And right. typically whatever you do on Google translates over to those as well. But where the a majority of the fish are that you're fishing for is on Google. And so they have, di- you know, as you go down the first page of Google, um, first you're going to see those local service ads. Then you may see pay-per-click. Those are two ways Google monetizes their business. Then you see the maps, right, where Google tries to keep things local. And then you have organic. There's 10 listings. And there you're going to see your competitors. You're going to see online directories. That is where you can get your website to show up if you're doing things correctly, where you get organic traffic, where you're not paying for every click, for every call, which that's not a bad thing to pay for those, maybe especially in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but where you can uh, organically show up in different cities for different types of cases and so forth. So that 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 is online marketing. There's also social media as well, where a lot of eyeballs are. Um, and so th- those are the main things when I would, as I talk about online marketing, those are the places where most people play or compete. And uh, yeah, that, that's what I would put under the okay. online umbrella. Okay. So let's say we have an attorney who's been decently successful doing all the traditional business development activities that most attorneys do networking, maybe writing some for other article, you know, for journals or publications, perhaps they get referrals to their networking. Maybe they speak and they're like, yeah, well, why should I do this other thing too? Why, why, why can't I just do what I've been doing? 
Well, if what I guess the first thing I would tell you is if it, if what you're doing is working, then you keep doing that, right? But there's only, you know, I heard somebody say like referrals and all those things are great, but you can't go. I'm going to grow my business. Typically, you can't through networking and referrals. You can't scale, meaning go. I'm going to grow my business 25 percent this next quarter, right? That's you have no control of that a lot of times, right? Um, but taking a step back from that, I think I, I think first things first is every every firm that we talk to, they may they they may come to us and go, hey, I want a hundred new clients or whatever maybe whatever the ask is, and I say, okay, let's back up first. We need because most attorneys tell me, almost every attorney has always, always told me, I get my best business through referrals. Okay, mm-hmm. so if that's the case, then let's shore up that the people who are trying to find you or the fish that are trying to jump in the boat. Let's let them do that, right? Is your website, first of all, attractive, right? Or is it turning people off, right? Because we say referrals typically comes in twos and threes, meaning if if I were referring somebody over to you back in your lawyer days, right, I'll give them your name and probably two or three others, right? Mm -hmm. And let them, all attorneys tell me the same thing. If they do PI, I go, where do you send your family law cases, right? Because you guys guys all get those those calls. I don't care if you've been practicing, you've told your friends and family, for a hundred years that you do personal injury work. And yet, what do they do as soon as they get a divorce or get a, get a they car? They call you and expect you to be able to like answer yeah. questions. And it's like, no, no, no. Try being a finance attorney and getting this. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, <laughs> this I, is not what I do. <laughs> I had a friend that we were golfing with and, I, and he told me, uh, he, did, he did mergers and acquisitions. And mm-hmm. he told us that, you know, his dad of all people, he goes every every Thanksgiving when when we get together. He always goes, "Hey, how'd that trial go? You know, any good trials?" This he's like, "Dad, I do mergers and acquisitions. Like, come on, I don't anyway." So I know you guys get that. So the key being is is that when they call you or when they look you up, excuse me, um, are they are you winning that beauty contest, right? Right. And, and are they? Is it cl- clearly articulated on your website what you do? I can't tell you how many times I go to a website where I'm preparing for, for a sales call and I need to do my homework and I'm reading this website for 15 minutes, I go, are they on the plaintiff side or the defense side, right? Are they, or what do they do? You're being so obscure, like make it easy. You know, the make hard, it easy. The, the, I, I can't stand most lawyer websites. Most law firm, even the big law firms, their websites are terrible. They There's do not clearly say what it is they do, who they are targeting. Like it's not clear who they're targeting, yeah. what they do. You get a lot of this thinking outside the box, or we are innovative, or like none of this is meaningful. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like it's, I, I tell the story a lot. Like I have a five and seven year old, two daughters, and mm-hmm. right before our first daughter, we were rookie parents, obviously, and you know we're looking for a pediatrician. And I'm sure my and my wife started with her girlfriends. Who should? And I live in Orange County, California, so there's plenty of good doctors in this neck of the woods mm-hmm. and they, and and she started with her friends her friends gave her two or three names and and i preach this all the time to attorneys right and it finally happened in real life in my world we're driving down the freeway and my wife's sitting there googling the the pediatricians that her f- girlfriends gave her and i hear her go "Ooh, this one has terrible reviews we are not taking our unborn daughter there or oh this one has a terrible website it looks like he's I think he works out of his underwear in his garage or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> but it, it, those could have been Heather. Those could have been the best pediatricians in Orange County. And she just bypassed them because she saw a website with some reviews that she liked. 
right? And that's right. who we ended up choosing. So from refer, like before we bring in any folks that don't already know them and strangers into a firm, I'm going, let's sure up home base first. So let's make right. sure it's clearly articulated. It's an attractive website. Make sure your contact information is in the right places. So make it, e- pe- most people look at a website, they don't read it like a book, top to bottom, left to right, page one to page 1000. They scan quickly. Correct. Yeah. And most of them are looking at it on their, on their cell phones. So make sure it's mobile friendly. How many times I go to a website and it's like, it looks great on your, on your desktop, but you can't even navigate it on a, on a cell phone. So make sure those things are happening. Even for the folks who have no interest in marketing, why make sure you're converting more of the referrals that are coming to you. Yeah. Cause there's, when people are looking for you, when they're referred, they are going to Google you. And there's two things that will show up on the top of Google, your website, if you have one, hopefully you do, and your LinkedIn profile. Correct. Those things show up before almost anything else. And they're going to click on them and they're going to go look to see who are you? What do you do? Who you help? What do you look like? You know, and they're going to make a judgment call based on that. So you want to ensure those things are shored up and they're very clear as to who you are, what you do, who you help how you help them. Very simple. <laughs> and, I'll add, and I'll add something to that. And, and social proof. We yeah. are be, between Yelp and Google and all and Facebook, all these different things where there's reviews, like we are almost brainwashed into looking at reviews. They say 89% of people look at reviews before they hire that, that business or service, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have, uh, I think 80% of people wouldn't choose somebody who has a one or two star. Like mm-hmm. a lot of attorneys will tell me, oh, I don't want to participate in that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go after reviews. Well, listen, they're leaving reviews somewhere, whether you participate or not. So there's, you can't be like a three-year-old and cover your eyes and cover your ears and go, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You know, like that's happening, whether you're, it's, whether you like it or not, it's just, are you going to control the narrative? Those folks who want to say good things about you help them do that, right? Because it's, you know, right. you go to a restaurant, if you have a bad experience, it's like 10 times more likely you're going to leave a, a nasty review as opposed to if you had a great experience, you just don't do it, right? You just right. So help them make sure you're getting those reviews because that that's the social proof that people- If you can, at. I will say, I do have a couple clients in practice areas where they just, they can't get them because the clients are very secretive about the type of work that they do for them. But- there are ways around that. Like a lot of what about times, colleagues. Yeah. What about colleagues? Yeah. Like there are things you can do yeah. to, yeah, to shore that up. Okay. So I, I would say just to kind of shore up this whole, do I really need to be doing it is the answer is yes. If you want to grow, right. Grow right. past a certain point, you can definitely network and you will need to regardless. You will want referrals. Referrals are some of the best ways to get great clients. You will potentially want to still speak if that's what you enjoy doing, but there is only so much time in the day. And those things are very high energy, high time consuming, usually strategies. And there's only so much of you to go around. So if you want to grow past a certain place, you will need to do some level of online marketing, right? I would agree with that. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I don't think it's a e- either or, right? I, th- I look at it as like spinning different plates, right? Yeah. You only have so many hands. So like, what things can you put in play? Like, you can only do, there's only so many hours of the day, so you can only do so many speaking engagements. 
Yep. There's only so many association bar events that you can go to, right? Like you yep. at some point, and then how 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 long can you take that on? You know how how until you're burnt out, right? I, yeah. You know, you, you, as business owners, you, you got to figure though that life work balance. Everyone, right. I don't, I haven't got and that figured out yet either. But there's, you know, there is only so much time in the day. And although, yes, you'll want to network at least to some extent. Again, I like what I help my clients with is when we put a marketing and a business development plan together. It's several fold. It includes those traditional things to some extent. Yeah. But then it we have to work on online marketing. We have to, because again, that other stuff is more one-to-one, right? Whereas the online marketing is one-to-many and it's an activity that you do that can stay out there for a long time or forever potentially. So it it reaps bigger long-term rewards, I think. It it allows you to potentially, if if, if they want to go down this path, this book I'm reading right now is called Buy Back Your Time. Right. Like <laughs> it's great, fantastic book. I highly recommend any business owner go read it. It was awesome. But um, you know, marketing puts things in place where there's another, there's another revenue stream yep. to where, you know, you decide to go take a two-week vacation and you're relying on networking and speaking engagements. Now what happens to your business? You know, does that take a dip because you wanted for all the, you know, go on vacation or what have you. So setting up some of these marketing campaigns that, you know, the plate spins by itself to some degree, it doesn't mm-hmm. require your time, I should say, may, may require res- resources, um, but not a lot of your time, I think makes a lot of sense. So when it comes to online marketing, what are your top tips or secrets, or I don't know how to like phrase it really, that you think lawyers need to know that most don't, since they don't do a lot of this, that would make it either easier or more fruitful for them? Yeah, I, a great question. So I, th- I, I think I'd a- I would answer it this way. <laughs> There's a lawyer response. It depends, right? <laughs> no, SEO <laughs> geeks say the same thing, so I can't make fun. But no, it, it, what, what I think, what a lot of agencies don't ask is, do they do they focus on legal to where they know your business, right? Mm-hmm. If someone's going to, do they know your business inside now, right? Because when somebody comes to us, I want to know about their business. I want, obviously, what kind of law do they practice? Not just for my, um, what we're going to do, but let them understand. Like if a personal injury attorney comes to me mm-hmm. and they go, hey, I want to market. And I go, okay. Um, you know, we go through everything and I, and I know they get paid on contingency, right? And so even if I showed up to that call with, five cases that I was going to hand them, they're still not going to get paid for six or 12 months on those mm. on scenario. Right. So mm-hmm. have they thought that through? I see that too often. Like, Hey, Travis, I need to, you know, I got X amount of dollars to spend. I need to see a re- you know, return right now. And I go, okay. Okay. Let's say even I can do that. Are you going to be able to float this for six or 12 months before you get revenue? Have you thought that through? And it, it, it would surprise you how many folks haven't really thought that through. You know, type of thing, and so, so they need they need to really think about it, not just in terms of here's my budget, but what's the ROI that I need to see? What's my time frame? What you know, based on their own business model and business structure, and how does this fit? They need to fit the strategies and the expenses and how they're paying to what works for them, based on what what's actually coming in the door, <laughs> and 100%. be a little more thoughtful and intentional about that than most attorneys probably are. Hundred percent. So, like, there's. I tell people there's three types of firms that come to us. Okay. There's ones that come to us and go, Travis. If I hand you a buck, I need to see a buck. You know, five bucks back tomorrow. Right. 
and 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 then and and that in, in that particular per- person or firm, I would I would not encourage them to start with the website and do this SEO because that's a long term strategy. I tell people, if you're going to have anybody do your website, assuming they do good work, that you got to look at your SEO, the return on your investment on SEO in six to 12 month glances before you judge failure or success. I know I'm I'm sure much of your listeners are rolling their eyes. I've heard that before, but that is true. And I know firsthand y'all, by the way, because I do SEO and it does take time. So consistency to, to see real results. 100%. 100%. So if you're a PI firm, you start putting this together, like, okay, let's say I, you're going to invest, make up a number, t- five five grand a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, can you float that for five, 12 months and not expect any return? I'm not saying that I'm under promising to over deliver. And even when those calls come in, you're still what, six or 12 months out of seeing. Pay. So have you right. thought this through? So right. we have folks that come to us and go, hey, I need to see a return ASAP. Um, those we put in something in like a some type of ad campaign that that would result that it's more like flipping on a light switch or gives them right. that instant gratification. Right. And because I don't care how good a job I do from an SEO standpoint, I'm gonna. I heard somebody call it the val- the valley of doubt. Right? They're gonna go through that, and I'm gonna lose their patient. They're gonna. I'm gonna lose their patient. So right. I need to put them in a campaign that's gonna res- result into something right away. It doesn't have to be just a PI client. It could be a family law immigration. The right. uh, criminal law client that gets business in the door right away because they need cash flow, and and, right. and so that may be the right fit. We have other folks come to us, and you know it's usually a more mature firm or longer tenured firm that say something. It's always something like this: "Hey, Travis, um, business is good right now, but these young whippersnappers down the street are." taking cases that I quote unquote should be getting. I love it when they say that it makes me laugh. And they go, I, and, and I think it's because we've neglected our online presence. And I think that's where they're getting them, you know? So we need to build up our website. I don't need to see a return in the next two, three months, but as long as we're seeing the right things headed in the right direction over the next six or 12 months, that's fine. Then we would put them in a website, you know, some type of right. SEO website package. Cause that is the right fit. Now they have the right expectation. And then, and then there's the, the the rest of them, which is a majority that it's a combination of the two, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, hey, I, I I do I realize it's going to take some time for my website. I do want to start building that out, but I would like to get some cash flow into my business right as soon as possible. And so let's let's incorporate something that's going to give me some instant gratification. That's where either social media or pay per click or local service ads would would fit the okay. bill. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. So. When it comes to somebody who's starting to, you know, dabble and maybe they don't have a budget or they don't think they need somebody like you just yet, mm-hmm. what are your some of your like DIY marketing tips for them to get started and start to yeah. gain a confidence and then some traction so that they can get to the point where they can hire somebody like you and not have to do it anymore? <laughs> yeah. So we talked about this a little before we started. So getting reviews is a huge one, right? Okay. Like make sure you go claim your Google My Business page or Google Business page. Just change the name every three days, I feel like. But anyway, you. when you Google, make sure you add, continue to get reviews and get good at that. Right, because you that, that that's going to help you show up in the maps potentially. That's going to help convert more of those referrals that we talked about because it gives you social proof. I think the best place to get reviews is on Google. That's priority number one, and then 
you know, you can go down the line, Yelp and LinkedIn and, and Facebook and things of that nature. But Okay. What if they primarily represent businesses who don't tend to give reviews? Do you see clients who are in that boat and they sometimes, though, can at least put stuff on their website? Yeah. Like people do surveys and sometimes they are willing to give you an actual like almost like a testimonial or a case study or something that you could highlight on your website or at least put on there representing, right? And which companies sure. you represent. Does that sure. work too? 100%. Like you should take any of the the the, the reviews that you get online and put them on mm-hmm. your website. If I, someone comes to your website, if you can avoid it, you don't want them leaving your website to, you know, go look at a third party. Right. A lot of them do anyway, because they assume that you're going to say good things about yourself on your website. They want to see what everyone else is saying. But Pulling those reviews and making them front and center somewhere on the homepage, I, I think is a great idea um, for sure. Um, and then and then using things like LinkedIn, right? That ne- networking piece where you're posting content, being top of mind, um, and, and being a, a thought leader that is the best mm-hmm. you can in your particular field would be would be a, a great uh, kind of do-it-yourself type of um, strategy as you're building up your firm where at some point you outsource your marketing uh, to someone like me or whomever, right? Or bring somebody in-house. LinkedIn is an interesting one because the number of lawyers who are on LinkedIn but do not utilize it appropriately is sky high. I mean, it's a vast majority of lawyers out there. There are not a lot of them who use them. And it just, it amazes me how many people are on LinkedIn yet hardly actually check in with it, never share something unless they're sharing the, you know, so proud to be recognized, yeah, you know, kind of post or my colleagues, so proud they are, or the quick share of the firm bulletin that they, you know, took all this time to put on their blog, but then they don't say anything about it on LinkedIn and they just like put it there without any notation as to who this is for, what it's about. Yeah, <laughs> Those are the things I see all the time, which by the way, all those are mistakes. Um, you don't want to make. Yes. And it it amazes me how little they use it. There's a lot of people out there that just lurk, right? They're just mm-hmm. looking and they're not they're not posting. So don't yeah. confuse that with there's not people your audience isn't on there. But well, they're there. St- for sure they're there. But keeping top of mind, right? Because you know, even you know, uh, someone in a big law firm is like just keeping top of mind, right? When when your competitor has a conflict and they have to source it out and they are just going through LinkedIn and they have 10, 20, 100 different options and they just saw your name, maybe you get that call, right? Or maybe you get that referral. Yeah, you know, Even better, if you're regularly, say just once a week, posting something on there that's relevant to what they need. Yes. And they've seen posts for the last five, six months consistently when they're on there. And they're not going to see every post, but let's say they see every other one that you do. You're going to be the top of mind. You're going to be one of the people they think of. And, you know, I this is something I work with my clients on a lot is LinkedIn um, because they just don't know how to utilize it. And they don't realize how easy it is and how simple it can be. People get really bogged down by these vanity metrics of engagement here's what I've found on LinkedIn, at least. The vast majority of high-level lawyers, CEOs, the people, the higher-level people who are out there going to hire you, they don't comment. 
they hardly even like, but they yeah. still see it. Yeah. Because I know my lawyer clients are like that. And people will reach out to me all the time. Heather, I remember something I wrote about like six months ago on LinkedIn. They never yeah. liked it. I didn't even know they were following me or paying attention to what I put out there, but they are. Yeah. So just because people don't engage does not mean they're not seeing it and they're not taking note. I can't tell you how many times in my in my world, right? We email and we post and things of that nature. How many calls I've gotten over my 15-year career? Like, Travis, I never thought I would be able to need your, I never thought I would need your product but uh, or service, but I just saw something and I, I thought I'd pick up the phone to call. And they think they, and they feel like they know you, right? Because they've seen your stuff for so long that they feel like they know you. And so they're mm. calling me like they know me. And I'm like, who is this? Oh, this is John from Albuquerque. I'm like, uh, okay. You know what I mean? So yeah, being top of mind is, uh, and, and you can increase your audience. Like, it's, you know, with LinkedIn, put the app on your phone. And when you're watching whatever the heck you watch in the evening, you know, make it a habit of linking up with five new people every day. I think if you just did that every single day for a year, how big your network would be, yeah. you know? And and guys, it is a networking tool. It's a way yeah. to network without having to go to a billion networking events. <laughs> yes. And there are ways to utilize that and the direct messaging within that networking app to network with people that you've connected with there. So Absolutely. it's, yeah, it's, there's so much untapped usage from lawyers within LinkedIn. It's crazy to me, but yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, okay. So once somebody starts doing all of this, how did you measure the return on their investment, on their time, their energy, their money? Like, I think that's where the vast majority of lawyers get really scared. It's like, well, I'm not going to know what's working and what's not. How do I even know? And they do this a lot. So before anybody, uh, great, another great question. Seems like you've done this before. Uh, no, it's, it's um, make sure you, because I tell people, listen, we track everything. On every one of our clients, I can see how many people visited their website, how many clicks they got, how many how many phone calls they got, how many emails they got. I can hear all the phone calls, all of those things. Um, make sh But the only piece that I don't know is who actually, uh, which of those calls actually hired hired that person. Like I, mm. I listen to calls on, it's somebody driving to their office, hey, I'm trying to get to your office. And then I go, hey, how did Joni Smith, how'd that, that sounded like the, that was a deal, you know, or a case. Uh, she never showed up. I'm like, how is that? Like, whatever. But so the piece of information that I need from our clients in, in, in as a business owner myself, I don't, all those things are important, probably more all those KPIs or whatever that, that, uh, that we would use, whatever uh, yep. we'd use, means a hill of beans to any of our clients. They want to know how many cases I sign up and how much money is in my bank account, mm -hmm. right? And so the, I encourage people to judge it that way. So make sure you're tracking every phone call, not just that it happens, because so many uh, phone calls come in and the caller ID is wrong. They're calling from their sisters, mothers, friends, uncles, twice removed, nephews, cell phone. Right. And then you're trying to, you know, source it by, that takes way too much time. So make sure you're recording the phone calls. There's things like call rail and sources out there where you can you can put the disclaimer on the front end so you're not getting any legal issue with that. But so you mm -hmm. can go match them up. And, and it, I tell people, if you're picking up quarters for nickels, you're in the right place, right? For every dollar you're spending, if you're getting five back, that's a scalable business in most cases, right? And so making sure you're able to match those up uh -huh. and know. And in and, 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 and each of your campaigns, if you're doing 
pay-per-click marketing, you're doing your website and you're doing LSAs and you're doing social media, make sure you're putting different tracking numbers on each of those so you can figure out what is working and what is not. So you can pivot your, 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 your budget to the things that are giving you the highest reward. What we see so many times is people come to us, they have a little bit of money spread out into a bunch of different things. And one of them's working, but they don't know which one is. They don't know which one. And so they're afraid to, you know, it looks like I, I use an example like, you know, Christmas vacation, you know, where Clark brings out the uh, ball of uh, Christmas lights and hands them to Russ and he goes, hey, little knot here. That yeah. looks like most of the folks that come to us, they're marketing and, and we have to unwind them and figure out which string of lights is actually working. So make sure you're tracking those so you know what, when you can pull the plug because what the default is don't unplug anything something's working i, I i'm afraid i'm going to pull you're the wrong wasting plug. money and if you're 100%. if you're throwing money around in five different areas and only one of them's working you're wasting money still that could be better utilized by doubling down on what is working or moving it somewhere else i would say whenever you decide to invest time energy money mm-hmm. into any marketing activity First and foremost, ask, okay, how will I track this, right? Now, if you hire a company to do this, they should be able to tell you how they can help you track this and track part of it. But ultimately, you also are on the hook for asking every single person who hires you, how did you find me? (laughs) Which is a fool's errand, by the way. We hear that all the time. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. At best, you're going to get internet, right? especially you have a bunch of different campaigns. Maybe you're doing some stuff on some directories or maybe you're doing paper. Well, they're going to say internet because more, more, more folks. Um, and we'll get into answering the phone here in a second, mm-hmm. but it's um, most folks, you know, they looked at five different, they look at five to seven websites before they pick an attorney, right? They've gotten a few different referrals. They saw a billboard, they listened to a, whatever. By the time they come to you, their head spinning. And more times than not, it's because you answered the phone. Right. Mm. That's the biggest issue. Like, and so then they forget how they got there and they just say the internet and that's not helpful to you, you right. know, to anybody. Right. So tracking it. So, so, so regardless of where they think they saw you, you know, you can, you can, there's technology out there where you can go, Hey, like they were on my Facebook page and they came to my website and that's where they, I got them from. So, right. you know, that, that whatever you're doing there, keep doing that potentially. Right. Yeah, although I would I would say if you're not to the point where you can track that, because not everybody can yet, uh, and has the resources for that, yeah, you can ask some questions. I've learned if somebody just says internet, dig a little deeper. Ask, okay, did you do a Google search or do? You, and usually it's like, oh, I heard you on your podcast, or oh, I saw I did a search on LinkedIn, or oh yeah, I did do a Google search. Now you may not know. If they found you organically through SEO, you may not know whether they found you through an art, you know, through ads that you put out there, but at least you have a better idea. You can ask a couple questions um, because if you don't have somebody like you to help track that, a lot of these lawyers are not not going to have yeah. any idea how else to track, right? Yeah. So I would say start there, but you bring up another point when you when you hire somebody like you to do this, they should be able to set this up in a way where it's very track trackable. So you know, where is my money going and where is it actually leading? And it, that way you can actually measure, does this, is this working and how much? And if they're not doing that, 
they're doing if they're not setting you up that way they're doing it for a reason because they're trying to muddy the waters of of it, where things are coming from yeah uh, because because it, it i know everybody's budget is different but the the technology is tens of dollars you know dozens mm-hmm. of dollars fixed to fix it not hundreds or thousands of dollars so it's it, right. it really is very affordable and so your agency if you're hiring somebody they should definitely be doing it yes. and and so you have an idea of where things are coming from you may not go through every call you know and, and figure it out but they should be able to help you but at least they give you the technology so you can do it the other thing i would i would say is make sure that you're getting your phone answered we work with probably <laughs> 350 some odd law firms and the biggest issue that we run into is getting our folks to answer the phone i just recently had a client call in and go travis is it is it from it's not working and I go, okay, okay, slow down. It's been working like clockwork for the last two years. What's happened? Let me look back. And we're here, where are we in beginning of February? I go, let me look back to the, let me just look at January. Let me, you got mm-hmm. six, seven phone calls. Let me listen to them. Let me figure out what's going on. And coming back, found out that 27 of them went to voicemail. People don't leave voicemails, by the way, when they're marketing your referrals well, because their alternative is go to the internet and talk to a stranger. Right. So you, most attorneys are used to, oh, they'll leave a message. People online, you know, we're in a fast food society. They're going to pick the first attorney they talk to. I think it's like 73% of people choose the first lawyer they talk to. So know that. So spend, make sure if you're a solo and you're the chef, you're the cook, you're the bartender, you're the whole deal, you know, make sure you're spending. I would invest in an answering service. Those are a mm-hmm. few hundred dollar fix. To cover your cover your butt when you're in court or when you're in whatever that makes sure those phones are answered um, because I can't tell you it, like I would say of all of our clients like and it, that number is going up because we are pushing people to get answering services we highly recommend that mm-hmm. but probably sixty five percent of the calls are answered overall right and the, and it's so like I, I'll give you a quick story my my dad I I think I alluded to that he's a doctor long story longer he, he's in Southern California here. He was on vacation in Colorado, got rear-ended by a commercial truck, hurt his back. I didn't have it at the time. This was like 10 years ago. I didn't have any contacts in, in Colorado. So I, I texted a couple of my buddies. I went, hey, give, give me a, a PI firm in Colorado that you would send a friend or family to. Mm-hmm. And I got four names and I made phone calls to them because my dad, I go, I'll handle it for you. Let me vet these guys. I, I called four firms, got four answerings, answering machines. Mm. Left messages, clear as day. There's no, you know, lob the softball up to him. Any PI attorney would go, oh, I need to call that person, right? Um, I didn't get a call back. I only got a call back from one person 48 hours later. And I had to send a text to my buddy who gave me that referral to say, hey, will you text your client and tell him to give me a call? And that's not uncommon. That is super, super common. And so anyway, so make sure you're answering the phone. I tell people you'll you'll spend, I don't have any strong data behind it, but you'll spend half the money in marketing and twice the result if you just make sure you're answering the phone. I would say you need a process. So if you're not the one answering it, and even if you are, you need a process to help simplify this so that you can get back to people in a timely yeah. manner if somebody else is answering for you. Yeah. Which... It's interesting to me, the answering service is it's fascinating, the psychology behind this, because a lot of lawyers are probably listening. Yeah, but that's really the same thing as leaving a message because I'm the one who would still have to call them back, but it's not. No. 
the psychology behind a human being answering and telling them, yes, I've got this. I've got the information. They know what they've collected, what they need. So, and so we'll get back to you within whatever people feel like they're taken care of. Yeah. And they'll wait then for you to call them back as long as it's reasonable. Like don't wait 48 hours, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. but which is where the process and system comes in. You need a way to check in, get that information and get back to people relatively quickly. But that's very different than getting a voicemail and having to leave a message. Yeah. I mean, it, for those folks who may be thinking exactly what you just mentioned, how much do you love calling up your cable company, whatever company, <laughs> and you get automated? Forget about it. I, I, I lose my mind. Like, push one for this, push two for that. And that's another thing. If you have some type of tree, a voicemail tree on your answering service, holy cow, stop, stop. Please stop. Not an answering that. service then. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yes, having a human voice to at least take basic contact information. What is the issue? Have that service. I mean, these are like three or four hundred dollar fixes, right? And the amount of money that you you guys make on these cases, like, make sure you're investing that because then they can email you or text you the transcript, and then you can make the decision whether that's you know an eighteen wheeler just hit a school bus. You probably should call those back right away. You know, if it's somebody calling for a different practice area that you don't do, well, okay, it's not an urgent issue. You can call that back when time permits and. Maybe you get a good review out of them because you pointed them in the wrong, right direction or something like that. But yes, mm -hmm. make sure your phone is answered. Um, even if you're not marketing, like convert more of the more of the referrals that are coming to you. Make sure that no one likes to leave a message. It's it especially when you're marketing. It's too easy to hit the back button and call the next person. You know what I mean? And I would honestly suggest to those lawyers out there who are in big law and other bigger firms who love to utilize their voicemail for everything and expect clients to always leave voicemail, that there is something to be learned from this conversation for you as well. Yes. <laughs> because yes. there is something to, even if it's an assistant or somebody else answering for you, as opposed to it going straight to voicemail. And I do understand that sometimes budgeting within these firms does not allow for that. But <clears throat> if there is a way to have somebody answering on your behalf and then getting you those messages and then you getting back it i have found personally that to work a lot better too just for client service purposes than always going to voicemail so just Agreed. fyi couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're kind of to the end of our time here what would you like to wrap up with is there anything we haven't touched upon or anything you wanted to emphasize before you get off no, I, I think, um, you know, main thing is we want to be here as a resource. You know, any of your listeners, if they just have questions, um, they're not going to get a big sales pitch for any from anybody from us. We like to be a resource because, you know, put good karma out there in the world and maybe someday down the road it, uh, you know, it comes back to us. And then folks who are looking to help market, you know, visit our website, uh, riseupmedia.com. It's R-I-Z as in zebra, E-U-P-M-E-D-I-A.com. Um yeah, or you can, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Feel free to reach out and uh, and we'd love to help you if we can. And just so everybody knows, I will have links to all the places where you can connect with Rise Up and Travis as well online in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here for this conversation. Hey, thank you for having me. Hopefully I added some value to your listeners. 
Thank you for listening to the Life and Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow and or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both life and law, including the Life and Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.